think everyone needs an incredible cowgirl to look up to, and that's just what you'll get in today's episode. Join me as we sit down with Tammy Srantz, multiple world and national champion cowgirl and Road to the Horse Director of Operations. Let's grow, cowgirls. friend. Welcome to the Thriving Equine Professional. Are you wondering how to make connections to build a career in the equine industry? Not sure where to look for the support you'll need to land a dream job? Maybe you're feeling frustrated or stuck. Hey, I'm Jody. I was that girl with no clue how to navigate landing a great career in animal health, but I knew this is where I wanted to be. I look back and cannot believe the roles I've landed and the people I call friends. Inside this podcast, you will meet key connections, build your career confidence, and find the advice you may not know you need. So if you're ready to grow your career and thrive in a job that you are passionate about, you're in the right place. Get the ponies fed and fill those water buckets. It's time to grow, girl. Welcome back and happy Thursday, Thrivers. We have such an exciting episode in store for you today. This has honestly been on my list since I started the Thriving Equine Professional podcast just in May. So we're only, this is episode 24, I believe today, and I've stopped counting. So I think that's a good sign. I'm having too much fun to keep track of what number episode we are on. But what we have in store for you today is someone who I admired the moment that I saw her. And I can still go back and say it was on the concourse of the Alltech Arena in Lexington, Kentucky, Tammy Srantz. It was my first month on the job as an equine specialist with Zoetis in 2013. And it was also for you, I know, a really incredible year because it was the first year for Road to the Horse to come to Lexington, Kentucky. So I remember you from 10 plus years ago, and we've never, we saw each other literally once a year for probably seven years or so before I scooted off into another role and we really haven't seen each other in person. But I had to have you on the Thriving Equine Professional because I don't know that we'll ever be able to have the cowgirl that you are, the equine extraordinaire that you are. So I'm really excited to share your journey with our listeners. And they really get excited about learning not only, Tammy, about the really unique career that you have and all that you do, but the journey of how you got started and what it has looked like to get to the point you are today. So with that, I want to introduce Tammy Srantz to our audience. She is a national and world champion cowgirl. She is a mounted shooting. Tammy, I think I counted no less than 200 championships to your credit when I was stalking you, as I always say about my research, and you are the director of operations for Road to the Horse. So get us started and tell us a little bit about you, Tammy, and thanks for being here. 
Oh, you're welcome. So I feel like we're coming into our 10th anniversary together. <laughs> if I was 13, well, I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. I really am. You know, the equine industry has really blessed me. I've met some amazing people and I'm, I'm honored and in a spot I never thought I would envision on the road to the horse, on the road to the road of the horse, really. So yeah, it's, it's been fabulous. Well, it's incredible. And now you, you are in Fort Worth, Texas. So coming to us today from Fort Worth, Texas, but I always have to start with, it doesn't sound like you're from Fort Worth, Texas, and our listeners are going to want to know where your journey began. So tell us a little bit about the early years of Tammy, and then we'll move through the exciting last decade or two. Absolutely. Like, I don't sound like I'm from Texas. Sometimes I think I do. And then I talk to my mom from Australia and I'm like, well, I don't sound Texan anymore and I don't sound Australian anymore. So I'm just kind of stuck. It's exactly about half my life now in Australia. I'm 46 and came to Texas when I was in about 2000. So I'm literally at the point where I'm 50-50. Yeah, that sounds like me and I, mine is a little less significant, but I'm from Maryland and have spent half my life in Kentucky and people are like, now, where are you from? You don't sound like you're from here. No, that's the price we pay. It's the price we pay. I have an identity crisis. <laughs> yes. No idea where I'm from anymore. I am proud to have my US citizenship. So I do have that. Yes. And you worked hard for that. I remember kind of that process as you were going through that. So now, Tammy, did you ride in Australia growing up? I did. I was very blessed to be surrounded by horses in my younger years. My father had horses in Australia. He had standard breads, which were from the track. We had a lot of the trotting kind of discipline up in Australia, but he was killed by a drunk driver when I was four. So when he passed, yeah, those horses were left with my mother and she really had an affection for them. She wasn't a strong rider and wasn't super confident with horses, but because of that, I was surrounded by them. And I always look at my horses very affectionately from that desire from my father. So I was very grateful for that. Yeah, without a doubt. And so how did you then make that transition from Australia over to the United States? I'm 46 now, like I said, and when I look back on it and people have said to me, like, you came over to Texas with nothing when you were so young and did you know anybody or like, no, I just was on a whim and a prayer and a dream. And yeah, strangely enough, as I sit here in the office of Western Horseman in Fort Worth, it was a Western Horseman book that I was reading in Australia that had a job training cutting horses in Texas. And I had a lot of series of bad luck. I was uh, on my own at a very young age. After my father passed, my family struggled to keep it together. So I went to college for psychology, social work, then decided I needed a break from that. So I was literally out in a gold mine in the desert in Australia reading Western Horsemen. And I saw a Texas cutting horse and I said, I'm, I'm out of here. I am headed to Texas to chase this dream. And so it's quite ironic sometimes that I, I'm like literally in the office of the magazine that brought me here all those years ago. So really just chasing dreams. And I ended up with a cutting horse trainer, uh, a non-pro, and I'm very, sometimes it's a curse, sometimes it's a blessing, but I'm a very all or nothing personality. 
So if I was going to work for someone on a cutting horse ranch, it was going to be someone worth working for. And I ended up in the barn of Oxbow Ranch with Lindy Birch for many years. It was right in her peak when she was, I mean, she's still phenomenal, but she was president for NCHA. She was winning the open world with Betcher Blue Boons, a Royal Blue Boon mare and starting to syndicate Bet on Me 498. So it was right in that peak period where there was so much going on and I was really lucky to be involved with a lot of stuff and and get a really solid horsemanship start with Lindy. Yeah, without a doubt. And I know, you know, that was such an exciting time. And then so much of what you've done since then has been around Cowboy Mounted Shooting and the Cowboy Mounted Shooting Association. And so I know that our listeners are going to want to learn a little bit more about that. And you are so active and really very accomplished and probably the most accomplished woman as it relates to cowboy mounted shooting. So how did you make that transition, Tammy, from cutting horses to mounted shooting? I was with somebody that I was dating. Um, He's a phenomenal mounted shooter and he wanted me to give it a try. And you know, that time where you're trying to be really cool, but you're really scared. Yes. They were like, oh, you should try this. I'm like, yeah, that looks awesome. But literally being raised in Australia, we don't have the ability to have firearms there. You know, the average person does not have access to that. So I had always feared them and had a great healthy fear for firearms. So the fact that I was about to jump on a horse with a couple of pistols was not where I saw myself. But there I was in South Texas trying to be the cool person acting like I wasn't scared, but yeah, hey, just, uh, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So I went to a competition, came third and third is obviously not good enough for me. So I thought, so yeah, my, um, ex-husband, we, uh, were divorced since, but he was a phenomenal shooter. He had a great mindset, was very talented and really, you know, helped me get started in the sport. So that's how I made the jump from cutting to mounted shooting. But I look back and You know, I was sponsored by uh, Cimarron Firearms and traveling the country, kind of living the dream, setting world records, winning world championships, having a gun sponsor. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, like who would have ever thought this girl that was off on her own in the desert goldmine of Australia would end up with a firearm sponsor? I mean, I'd have better luck picking the lotto numbers, you know? Just not not something I had in the cards. So uh, yeah, I was very fortunate for many, many years to have that as my main dream and doing clinics and showing and lessons and sales and all all the kind of things that that kind of dream recalls for. But uh, yeah, it it was an amazing journey. Without a doubt. And you're selling yourself a little bit short. So I do want to share with, I mean, let's be honest here, Tammy. None of us want to be like up against you with a firearm in your hand, because I think when we talk about that list of accomplishments, you've had about a hundred championships in the last decade alone. And when you look at the last 20 years, you push in 300. And there's a lot of awards and medals and accomplishments and championships there. 
There was. I was the first lady to reach uh, level six status, which is the highest level shooting, mounted shooting. I was very much the consistent person. You know, some people come into the arena and you're like, this is going to be the fast time where this is going to be a train wreck. Like I was never that person. I was always like the steady person going for the average, but we still set some world records and Funny enough, the horse that really carried me for the majority of those wins, I still have at home. I promised him that I would he I would be with him forever and support him for everything and everything he gave me in my life. And he's 28 years old and lives in the trap behind my house and eating carrots and still will try hell. He tried to run me over running out of an open gate the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, how old are you? Right. Worth their weight in gold. But uh, I owe him. Yes. He was. He was Colonel Freckles out of a gay bar, King Mare, old bloodlines, and was a horse that changed my life. Incredible. And what was his name, Tammy? His dorky stable name was Handsome, but his registered name was SF Marking Time. And like every true obsessed horse person, I bought his mother, his sister, and all the frozen semen from his sire that has been stored for 20 years at Colorado State University. And I'm proud to say I'm having another sibling arrive in March. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yes, I am. My mother calls me from Australia and asks me how my pregnancy is going. And and besides from almost choking, (laughs) I'm like, we're definitely about the broodmares and it's fine thank you mother it's like i want a gender reveal party i want it all oh i can't wait obsessed with him yes that is so exciting well and that also it it makes me laugh because we talk about ai and we talk about our straws of semen and things like that honestly tammy until this last year i had no like everyone's talking about ai and i'm like wait a minute, like you guys are not talking about artificial insemination, like, oh, artificial intelligence. Horse people, man, we're nuts. Horse, that's right. We're just, we're just a little different. We're a little different over here. I've had text conversations about how good the, the semen is that I have in storage. And I just have to laugh. I'm like, we are unique. We are so unique. Yeah, let's embrace it. Let's we will embrace the madness and the uniqueness. Now, you mentioned Colorado State, but before we jump over there, I want to again just point out as we finish up talking about just how successful you are as a mounted shooter, you are also not only successful against the women, but I just love to point out that you're pretty good at beating the men. Nothing brings me greater joy. <laughs> Uh, Me too. I just wanted to go ahead and say that out loud. Like, I mean. I do. I I was, I think I was the first lady to win a national rifle championship against the Cowboys and coming in as a clinician in shooting. It's funny. Most of the men are great, but there's always, you know, the, what am I going to learn from a girl? That guy. Yeah. That guy. Mr. Karen or whatever you want to call him. But yes, so I've had a few of them, but we got by. Yes. Well, I just didn't want to leave our cowboy mounted shooting without making sure that we had shared that little tidbit of of information as well. So let's then talk about, because you brought up Colorado State University, and yes, that's where your semen is stored, but also let's talk about your education, because I think that's really important as well. So talk to us about what your education is. 
Yeah, I obviously, like I said, I started uh, with psychology, social work in Australia because I grew up in a, after my father was killed, my family home was very disruptive and it was not stable. And I wanted to really go back and assist kids like I was, but that was coming from a kid myself. So although that was my first career choice, I really didn't feel like I was ready for that yet. You know, I felt like I wanted to help people, but I still had an open wound in my heart. So uh, that was, you know, that I, I broke away from that. I've always thought about going back. And I have started a nonprofit to help women from the local shelter with horsemanship because I felt like there's more ways to help people in that sector rather than just be a social worker or a psychologist. So it's something I've held on to and it's very dear to me. But coming over here, I did not finish my psychology social work degree. I was, I fell short. I had uh, anorexia when I was at a young age and I didn't have the health to finish it. And it graded me. It really graded me. I remember driving from Tennessee to Georgia. I just won my first national championship and I was headed to another competition. And I remember looking at that buckle in that glass case Firstly, I didn't think I would have believed that I would have won it. But the second thing is I would have traded anything to finish my school. I would have traded that. And it was something that I always felt like when people compared me to other people, I didn't quite have all the tools or I didn't quite measure up. And we know worth and value, you know, it's not 100% related to your resume. A lot of it is your personality, easy to work with, all those kind of things that are in addition to education. So 2012 came around. I was kind of living my mounted shooting dream, and I was hit by a drunk driver in Fort Worth, coming back from the Fort Worth stock show. And my life, you know, when you always think to write a book about yourself, I thought I was at the end of my story. I really thought this is the time where I've at the, at the top of the mountain. I've won everything. I've set the world records. I've, I've done more than I ever thought I would do. I've won the world more than once to prove it wasn't luck. And there I was uh, at the house with a brain injury, unable to get my balance. My speech was very poor. And my whole life changed uh, in an instant. And, and it was shocking. It was devastating. And the thing that really got me, when you want to be good at something, that's all you are. And you put 100% of your time and your energy and every breath you take is towards that goal. And when you don't have that anymore, you're really lost. Like, who am I? What do I want to do? How do I define myself before I was Tammy the Mounted Shooter? And now what am I? And it puts you in this really weird kind of lost feeling. The same attitude that I needed to win a mounted shooting world championship or a world championship in anything now became my biggest fault because that's all I was. So after my brain injury, I struggled with that a lot. I struggled with my health. I didn't know they'd given me medication and a routine and said, this was your life now. And to me, that's not good enough. Like I'm not going to sit here and hang my boots up that easy. So I took it on myself did my own research, found a research group in Houston, Texas, who was dealing with the conditions that I had stemming from my brain injury. I sold my second best horse and uh, got the money for the surgery and and had a breaking surgery. Harvard was doing it down there at Houston. So I, I took the chance and had the surgery. That was 2012. And then my neurologist was really at me to stay focused and stay engaged. 
So I tried the Lamosity, but you know, the brain injury, I never remembered to play it every day. I'm like, this is just stupid. So obviously I had physical therapy and all that kind of stuff, but I decided to pick up a few college classes at Weatherford College in Texas here just So I had a purpose. So I was doing something and I picked up silly classes like public speaking and app development and I'd just be random picking. I thought it would be fun to do a six week mini course in algebra. That caused me so much anxiety. I remember finishing my exam crying on the way home. I think that's right when that song, this is my fight song came out. I I'd passed it. I remember driving home crying, going, who in their right mind has a brain injury and decides to do a six-week cram course of algebra? Yeah, I would not advise that. I'm glad you let me know not to do that. You know what? By gosh, I passed it. I am not going to fail. Of course you did. Of course I did. After all that, I thought, you know, this is stupid. It's time for me to go back. And after after that injury, I really had this thing about closing loopholes in my life that were open. And one of them was my education. I never felt like I had seen the end of that. And that irritated me. And I decided I signed up to Colorado State University their online program in communication. It was a Bachelor of Science in Communication. And I thought, I have got the horse experience. I know how the industry works. I just need the degree behind me. So I feel full and accomplished. So I went back and did that and and graduated with a 4.0 from Colorado State with a Bachelor of Science. And I felt like that was good, but a professor suggested I stay and do a master's. First, I was like, you know, do you know the mountain that is for me to climb? And then I thought, yeah, sure. Why not? So, and that was really, it's somewhat about smarts, but it's about perseverance and it's about putting the work in and showing up and getting it done. And I did, I finished with a 4.0 in my master's of science in uh, leadership. And I did a minor in digital marketing, but I was intrigued by people and we're all going to work for somebody, but I wanted my options. I never wanted to put myself in a situation where I didn't have a full toolbox anymore. Because in the horse career, I couldn't go out and ride 15 horses anymore, 20 horses anymore a day. I just, I couldn't do it. So it was time to work a little smarter and not harder. Well, and we do. There are times we get to that. I love, Tammy, that you mentioned the word perseverance, because that truly is one of the messages that we really try to share. And one of, I know another word that you and I share is grit. And that was probably the favorite book that I read this year. And it was titled Grit, the combination of passion and perseverance. And what a true testimony you are to that concept. And I love that you're able to share that part of your journey and I think it's important for us to hear you say it is not about being the smartest person. It is about perseverance and doing hard things makes life easier. It is. And, you know, I look back and I think my lessons from that. And I think the biggest thing you have to be is your own ambassador. If I had, I was signed up in a pain management clinic And I felt like probably from my years of cutting horse, I felt like I was in a feedlot and they were just running us through, giving us all this pain management help, which is needed for some. But I just thought there's got to be a better way. You know, there has to be a better way. And if I thought that about my shooting or my health or my recovery, all those things, like it's about you and it's about what you want to accomplish and not 
I mean, you've got to be guided by other people, but don't be kept in a box by them. If I had have said, this is my condition, I had a great career, but it's time to hang it up. I wouldn't be here. I went and won, you know, I'm not uh, at the level like shooting, traveling like I was before, but you know, my pony and I went out and won a, a paint world championship this year and we've won 1D average locally. And I'm still around showing when I have time, but my joy now comes from teaching people and watching other people achieve their horse dreams or their career dreams. Or I don't care. I had a youth student come out to my house for a long time for lessons and he wanted to quit horses and go fly planes. And his mom said he was worried to tell me that. And I said, listen, like, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you shoot, not shoot horses, not horses. It's about being the best human being you can be and chasing after your dream, whatever that is. So I'm not disappointed he quit horses. I'm grateful for the lessons horses taught him. Now go be you. And that's the same with anything you want to do, you know, just... Absolutely. Being a better you today than you were yesterday. And just that, whatever that looks like. And and you talk so much about that. I also just want to point out that you're really tremendous with relationships. And so that education and kind of the, the journey that you're on now and the role that you're in now, I feel like that's where we have so many similarities is your ability to manage customer experiences. And that's truly, I think, how you say it. And that was the connection that you and I had even initially was here's someone who has amazing energy. And I'm always attracted to amazing energy, but someone who truly cares about that customer experience. And so you just mentioned that like you, it's about the people and that's exactly it, right? That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Now the marketing piece, Tammy, Oh, you can have that. Now you're, you are incredible at that. And if there's one thing I hope for in my own business is that I can scale to a point where I can hire someone for marketing, but the customer relations and the customer experience, you are really phenomenal with that. So walk us through then from moving through your education and kind of reinventing yourself after 2012, the traumatic brain injury into the role that you now have with Road to the Horse. And so let's let our listeners, you know, learn a little bit about that and what you do. Yeah, I think it goes back to one of the things that you and I have both talked about before and that it's being a yes person. And it's not about being yes to burn yourself out. It's being a yes to utilize every opportunity that is pointed at you. I got into marketing in a very yes kind of way. I went to a competitive trail ride and I was an ambassador for Troxel helmets and a lot of other products, grooming products and stuff just from my shooting career. And I went to a competitive trail ride and I loved what they were doing. And I thought, this is a great, I had my shooting horse. No one knew who I was. I just rolled in and, you know, I didn't even know how we did, but rolled out. And I remember warming up my horse before we went on the trail ride. And I was the only one doing that. So I'm like, I don't think people warm up before they head out. But so I tried to help them. And, you know, long story short, I ended up working for them. And they asked me to go on tour with Clinton Anderson and represent their brand, which I did. And I went up to them and I said, hey, I love your rules, but I think it could be better this way. Or I love your marketing. I think it could be better this way. And they were like, oh, okay, well, and a little piece by piece, I worked my way in and ended up uh, helping them with marketing for quite a few years before. That's how I got to Road to the Horse. I was representing that brand at a Road to the Horse event and 
2000 and gosh, it was right after my brain injury, maybe 2012. But I had just kind of was able to travel and out there and ended up at Road to the Horse. And I kind of worked my way into the Road to the Horse through the marketing group that produces Road to the Horse. And I was doing a little bit of work for Road to the Horse. And I'm like, well, I think this could be done better or that could be done better. And it's the same thing before you know it, you piece by piece had ended up in a position that you didn't think you would be qualified for. So, and eventually wrote to the horse, 2D Bland said to me, do you think you can handle it? Do you think that, that you've got this? And I'm all about transparency. And I said to her, you know what? I don't know everything there is to know about event production, but I'll guarantee you won't find someone who's going to try harder for you. And what I don't know, I will work out. And that's what I told her. And so you now here I am with the road to the horse. 2D did sell the event to Western Horsemen and Mars Communications, and they've been phenomenal and done a great job with the event. And I've stayed on through them. So it's been interesting to see the change of corporate culture because now you're not working for an individual, you're working for more layers, which can seem daunting in the beginning, but a corporation also brings a lot of resources to it. So it's been great, but but piece by piece, I've found myself in the positions that I ended up in just by going through every crack in the door and going above and beyond and helping people and bringing suggestions and value to those positions. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's just it, right? So bringing the value because you care and you care and that comes across. So many great insights there, especially just that differentiation between, because I get those questions all the time do I want to go to work for a small company or do I want to go to work for corporate America, if you will, and do what do I want to do? Do I want a career in the barn or do I want a career in an office? And you really have a beautiful blend of all of those things and have made just wise choices along the way and had some doors opened for you. So you talked about being a yes person and really pointed out that those small tasks that present themselves often lead to greater opportunities. And so I love that wisdom from you. Tammy, but there's also another connection. You talk a lot about surrounding yourself with professionals that you admire. And at this point in our careers, really at the same age, I talk endlessly about connections. And that's something that I find myself really coaching forward to others is how important that is. And for many of our listeners, they are facing what I call the student to professional transition even. So it doesn't matter whether you're a student and you're looking at, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when I graduate? Or if you're early or more tenured in your career, it doesn't matter. That rule applies. Surround yourself with professionals you admire. So talk to us a little bit about that from your perspective. Yeah, I remember when I was at Road to the Horse, the trial horse company that I was working for sponsored the obstacle course. And the next thing, the most vivid equine professional memory I have, Patty Colbert. I was in my booth and she was walking past and she said, didn't you sponsor this thing? And points down at the obstacles. And we had sponsored, I think it was a $5,000 sponsorship to help some of the obstacle build for Road to the Horse. And I said, yes, we did. She literally did not know me from Adam, grabbed me by the out of my booth, dragged me down and stuck me in the middle of the floor at Murfreesboro in Road to the Horse for the final day. And I was like, 
Firstly, I was a little shell-shocked. Then I was like, she's my hero. I thought, what a powerful, opinionated professional that understands customer experience and understands that putting me on that arena floor was was a great move from her part as a sponsor liaison. And so from that day, I looked up to her with great admiration and she was not afraid to make mistakes. She never second guessed herself, but I just remember how important that was to me. You know, the saying like, it's not what people say, it's how they make you feel. I, I was gracious for that. I, and that was a wonderful experience to me. And so I've always looked up to Patty and I was uh, filled in her application actually for the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. Just, I admire her. We all have different journeys and sometimes we all, we all don't have to get along, but we all have to have respect for each other. And I have huge respect for her. She's a great lady. Yeah, a total powerhouse. And to have ever met Patty, I have a similar experience. And I will remember when I'm when I met Patty, it was upstairs at the Alltech Arena in this on the suite level. And and it was it was the same kind of thing. When she takes your hand and you have this incredible conversation, and you're like, this woman is amazing. She didn't care if she was wrong or right. She was just all in. But Tammy, I, I won't. I also have to say in the same breath, I felt the same with you, right? And so that's that's just it. Surround yourself with the professionals that you admire. And we have those people along the way that give us a burst of energy. They make us smarter. They make us better. They make us brighter. And that's really what you're talking about is cling to those people and know those people and learn from them and make sure that you're continually seeking them out. Yeah. And and I think the important thing to note, Patty Colbert was a powerhouse. She's in the equine industry, but I think it's important to note, it doesn't matter where your person comes from. One of my clients from mounted shooting, I had his horse in training when I had my brain injury and he would come and bring me cupcakes whenever I was in hospital or doing things. He's just, him and his wife both work in juvenile justice, but he's always had his horse boarded at my place most of those years. He's my rock. He has his master's in criminal justice management. He is the person that has been my grounding stick. You know, when someone needs to whack you with a common sense stick every now and then, like, He's that person. And he was the one that pushed me to get my U.S. citizenship. He pushed me to finish my master's. I did my master's research on his agency and how the corporate culture of a juvenile justice agency is affected by a very militarian mindset. That's what I studied about that culture in that agency. So I would say it doesn't matter where your person or where your growth, you know, is going to be inspired from. And don't feel like just because you're in the equine industry or whatever industry you are, that's where you've got to find your water to grow. You know, like him and I are still best friends. He's calming and grounding. And he's just that one person for me that can be like, Hey, that's stinking thinking, or you need to go this direction, or you're too concerned. Like I was very concerned with where I came from because I didn't have a 2.5 family upbringing. I didn't have a education. And the first time I went around and I always had feelings of inadequacy for that, even with everything I had won, 
I didn't feel like I measured up. And he's the one that always says to me, it doesn't matter your starting point. It manages your finishing point. Like that's what's important. Don't compare your journey to someone else's journey when you're in different spots. And that's been very hard for me because when you have a competitive mindset, like you need to win in the arena as much as I did, it's a blessing and a curse. Anything but the best, you feel quite inadequate. So having someone to say, hey, get out of your head, give yourself a break, celebrate the victories that you've had, all those things that are so important, give yourself a break. Like that's a blessing and they can come from anywhere. Yes. Amen to that. And you and I touched on that briefly before we started here today, Tammy. And I think it's just so true. As I go through this year of reinventing myself and starting something brand new, and it is, that's like, what a great point to be made where we are living in a time where I think the world is telling us as much as anyone, we're not good enough. We need to do more. We need to be more. We need to move faster and, and accomplish and accomplish and accomplish. And it's never enough that it is. And, it, and we're running our own individual race. And when I talk about confidence with people and they're like, how do you, like, you're so confident you're so brave. No, actually I'm not, but I try to be, and I try to practice those things on a regular basis, but I do have a personality to your point that exudes confidence. And so people think that you have that confidence, but it doesn't mean that you don't have those same doubts and worries and anxieties that other people have. And so I think that the more we have those conversations, especially with young women who want to pursue these careers, maybe young women who are in the middle of their career and looking to make a change or do something a little bit different is we're out here and we're out here to champion one another and to share our connections and to share our confidence and our courage and our clarity. And, and that's what this is all about. And I, for me, I compare that to my, what I tell horse riding mounted shooting students at the house. It's the same deal. They see me they think that I'm some mounted shooting rock star, which on paper, it looks like I am. But I guarantee to them, I am just as scared as you when I'm in that in gate. Why did I pay the money? Why do I torture myself like this? Everyone's going to say they just beat the world champion. Like, that's the last thing I want to hear. I'm on a green horse. I didn't even have a fair shot. All these things that come into my mind. So what I learned to do with myself in the arena was when you're traveling down that road and it forks and your brain is going off all that way in a tangent, I've got a $5,000 deductible. I've got baseball practice next week with the kids. I've got this and that, and my horse is feeling fresh. And why did I spend this much money? Like catch yourself and divert yourself back to that right line of thinking to be like, I'm confident I've got this, this horse I've shown him before, I don't have to go in here and set a world record. I've already got the respect of people. So the same thing that I tell myself when I'm in the in gate, I tell myself in life. So when my mind starts branching off, I remember to yield it back in and stop myself running off, like snatch myself in the bit, you know, like I was a horse and say, Hey, come back to me. But Glenn Stewart said one thing to me and he didn't even, he, we weren't even talking in relation to me. He gave me an article to print for Roger of the Horse. It was about horsemanship and it was titled Prove or Improve. And it was amazing. And what it said, why are you there? Are you there to prove yourself or are you there to improve yourself? Because if that, you're there to prove yourself, 
it's going to be a miserable journey. Let me tell you, you're going to be disappointed and heartbroken and come in feeling like you're not all you could be. But if you're there to prove and improve and say, Hey, I'm going to be better. I'm going to grow from this experience. I want to leave better than I came. Then that's this recipe for success. So whenever I start beating myself up or a student does, I'm like, Hey, prove or improve, pick your poison. You can go home miserable or you can have fun. So that was a great article by Glenn Stewart. He's up in Canada. He's a horsemanship clinician and was a competitor. But man, I printed that in that program the next year just because I liked it so much. I'm like, everybody needs to read this again. But, but that's one great thing to ask yourself. Like, why am I here? Prove or improve. And that'll help you set, set it straight. But don't let your mind, you know, run off with yourself. I think the thing that, that I learned... I mean, let's be honest. We all think we're right. When we have the conversations in our head, we we got it. We got all the answers. We know we, know we can judge in the context of the situation and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, our thoughts are not always right. And it's shocking, but don't put up with yourself telling yourself degrading thoughts or feelings of inadequacy and realize that that voice in your head, it may not always be right, which was shocking to me. Help me. <laughs> not listen to myself. So it's just giving yourself a break and being kind. Yes. Tammy, so much wisdom. So you've talked to us about prove or improve. Sometimes I say mindset over skill set, right? Mindset over skill set. And you, you've talked about the importance of being willing to reinvent ourselves when we need to reinvent ourselves, pursue it and surround yourself with professionals that you truly admire and finally being that yes person. So I, there's so much more here, but as we wrap up, Tammy, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to find out more about you and the TexasShootingHorses.com website. How do they reach you? Where do you want to send them? Let me let you share that with our listeners. Yeah. I'm, I feel like the plumber with a leaky pipe. Like I have a website, but it's not the greatest because I'm so busy <laughs> making other ones. I don't have time, but yeah, Texas shooting horses.com on Facebook, um, Instagram. I'm, I'm on Facebook under Tammy Schrantz, but yeah, Texas shooting horses.com is probably the best way to get me, but I just, the time's going to pass anyway. So people just need, it doesn't matter how slowly they go after what they want to go. Just move forward. That's all. That'd be my deal. Like this life is hard and just be kind to yourself. Know it's achievable and just take it a step at a time. So what I do, I go run half marathons now because I can, and I'm not a runner, but I tell myself like, it's the next crack in the pavement. Don't look up at the finish line. If I look at how far to go, by gosh, I'm just going to have a meltdown. But if all I have to do is get to the next crack on the, on the cement or the pavement or the trail or whatever it is, and then the next one and the next one, hell, before you know it, I got my stinky little cheap little medal that I was after. I can't imagine you didn't have not had to buy a bigger house to put all these medals and awards and trophies in, Tammy. I got all my riding medals on a bridle rack, <laughs> like every crazy horse person. So yeah, but don't be discouraged and don't, you know, don't be your own worst enemy. We can do so much damage in our own head or we can do so much good. Just give yourself a break and just put the work in and you don't have to be there at the end of the day. You don't have to be there tomorrow. Just keep moving. 
Without a doubt. So you are truly the epitome of a cowgirl from every aspect. And I, I consider that not only in the success you've had on and with horses, Tammy, but your mindset, your persona and who you are. And for that, I'm just so honored to have you today as a guest on the Thriving Equine Professional. And I know that our listeners are going to enjoy it as much as we did, hopefully, as we always do. I miss seeing you. I want to be like you when I grow up and I want to come to work with you. I don't know. I, I think I want to just move to Fort Worth and let you teach me how to ride and shoot and and we'll just have fun. Like we'll just, we'll work hard and have fun. I'm ready. That's kind of what my house is. We've got some bow and arrows back there. We're either shooting bows and arrows or we're shooting guns. I'm like 46 years old and I'm out playing cowboys and Indians. Like serious. Life doesn't get better. Yeah, it does not. It does not get any better than that. Well, many thanks. I will leave your contact information in our show notes. And thank you so much for taking time out of your immensely busy schedule to be here with us today. And we will talk very soon. Tammy, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, Thriver. I hope this episode inspired and empowered you to keep growing. If so, I'd be so grateful if you hit that share button and send it to your tribe so they can thrive too. And while you're there, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so everyone can find the show. I love to know what keeps you listening, especially if I'm at the barn with you. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Cheers, Jody.